Um, well, as you can tell, Blake is gone today. Um, my name is Ashley Hamlet. If you don't know me, I am the missions director here. Um, and I, I, a few weekends ago, I was gone from here. I was doing a half marathon. And the whole thing started back in, I think, October. One of my friends said, you know what, this is our last year in our 30s, so we should do something big. Let's run a half marathon. And I don't know about you, but um, celebrating the, the aging of my body uh, and going out and running, I, that doesn't sound like a good idea to me, but I was like, all right, okay, well, let's, let's do it. And so I began training, and I, I had done one years ago, had no idea what I was doing, but this time I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the books, I'm going to read the stuff, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to train, I'm going to do all the things and be prepared for it. And so um, through that, I learned a lot of things about myself and about running. And then the other day as I was reading through my daily devotionals, um, I came upon Hebrews 12.1. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Guys, we're in a spiritual race and we want to finish it well. And I know some of you are like, I, I don't run. <laughs> but I walk with the Lord daily. Good for you. Good for you. But there are some things that we need to know about training and how to run the race well. So as I was thinking about all the, the struggles I was going through during this, I thought about here are some things that impede our race. The first one is no or poor training. If, you're, if we're not training, it leads us to giving in to our sinful desires, and we can't produce fruit. There are a lot of examples in the Bible of what happens if we're not training and we're, we're giving in to those temptations of sin. Um, Galatians 5.19 has a pretty, a pretty big list. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. There are a lot of examples throughout scripture of sin and what that does to us. So if we're not training, then we're going to be giving into those things. And I need to tell you that you can't just train once a week. I'm so glad you're here today, but this can't be it. This can't be your one-stop training for the entire week and hope that you're going to do well on the spiritual race. It's going to be really hard if this is it. The second thing is focusing on other runners. When we're comparing ourselves to other people, that insecurity, that envy, I've been there. When I was training for my race, I, one of my friends that I was running with, she's just a natural runner. She could not train for months and go out and run and kill it. She's awesome. I train for months, and I still look like I'm dying out there. <laughs> So some people just have this natural affinity for things, just like spiritual gifts. God gives us different giftings. We all can't have the same one. 
it's so beautiful that we all have different spiritual gifts. It helps edify the body of Christ. That's how he designed it. So we can't be comparing ourselves to others because we're all different in a beautiful and unique way. And the problem with that when we're comparing or we're insecure or we have envy is that the focus is all on ourselves. It's not on God. The world teaches us that we need to look to ourselves above all else. And this is antithetical to the Bible and Christian life. There's so many self-help books and everything else there out there. Um, and constantly people are saying, it's all about you. You have to do it. How does this make you feel? It's all about us and you. And that's what the world teaches us. But that takes our focus away from God and who he has designed us to be. In Proverbs 14.30, it says, A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. That, that picture of jealousy being like a cancer in the bones, when we think of how brutal cancer is and how, how it eats up our body and destroys it, that comparison to what jealousy does to us in our soul and our body is so vivid. We're so focused on everything else that we lose sight of God. The third thing that impedes our race is listening to a bad coach. False prophets, people who, who don't know Jesus, but they pretend they do or they have their own agenda with a little bit of Jesus peppered in there. In Matthew seven fifteen through 16, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And again, in 2 Timothy 3, 5, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. When I was training and, and learning about different things and how to complete a half marathon without dying, I wanted to find sources that were reliable. I didn't just go to random blogs and find people that had maybe run a block or something. Because their advice wasn't accurate. It wasn't a good resource. They didn't know things. So instead, I, I researched and found people that were Olympian athletes who knew the proper training protocols. So we want to surround ourselves, one, having the word of God, but two, with people that know Jesus and speak biblical truth. That's so important. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of people that say they love Jesus, but they just aren't speaking Jesus. And we need to know the word and prepare ourselves so that we know what's accurate and what's not. The fourth thing that impedes our race is fatigue. When we're weary, weak, and insufficient in life. That's a big one. I know whether it's parenting or whether it's, it's your job. There's a lot of things that fatigue us throughout the week, throughout our lives. There's a lot of burdens we have, and those can trip up our race if we let them. The fifth thing is training injuries. This is pain and suffering is a big one I get. A big question as a Christian when I'm trying to tell people about Jesus. And they're like, well, what about pain? Why is a God who loves us letting these bad things happen? Why is there suffering in the world? Why, why would I want to be with a God like that? Even Christian people who are going through things that are painful or are hard, 
sometimes it's hard. Why, why is this happening to me, Lord? And so sometimes the pain that we experience, the trauma that we experience can impede our race. There was this, this man in 1983. His name was Cliff Young. And Cliff was a sheep farmer in Australia. Uh, he was from. He had a family of seven children, and they were poor. They did not have a tractor or a horse or anything, and they had two thousand acres out in the bush of Australia. And so he spent his life growing up, running around these acres, taking care of his sheep. And sometimes he would be up all night in storms to gather his sheep and find them and bring them back to where they needed to be. Well, Cliff decided that he was going to run the Australian Ultramarathon, which is like 544 miles. So he's 61 years old, shows up to this thing, and here's all these athletes, these guys that have been training for it. They have their sponsorships, their Nike, their Adidas stuff, and they're looking at this 61-year-old man who shows up in his rubber boots. He has sweatpants that he cut holes in for ventilation, and he's going to do this race. And they're thinking, what? What is, what is going on here? So the race begins, and this, this race spans over several days. And after the first day, of course, Cliff is quite a ways behind all the other competitors. And so at the end of the first day, what happens is the competitors, they sleep for a good eight hours, and then they get up in the morning, and they start their run all over again. Well, Cliff didn't know that. And so while everyone else was sleeping the full eight hours, Cliff was like, well, I'll get a couple hours sleep. He slept for two hours and got up and ran again. And he continued this pattern of, sleeping for a few hours and running again, and he finished. And he beat, the closest person to him was 10 hours away. He blew away all the previous records for this race. And on top of that, when he was done, all the prize money that he got for it, he gave back to all the competitors because he's like, they worked just as hard as I did. And any that was left over, he donated to charity. He wasn't in it for the money. He just wanted to do it. And so what I think about Cliff is that he had this life where he was just, his training practices were there. It was just part of who he was in his life. He was used to running. He ate a healthy, balanced diet. Um, he was used to being up at night. And so all of those things, all of those daily rituals that he did helped him finish this race and finish it well. And so what are some training practices that can help us cross the finish line? We've heard about things that impede our race, but what are things we can do to help us? The first one is endurance. We need to train frequently. When we train frequently, we're able to focus on the things around us more and avoid the snakes in the path. Now, a lot of times when I run, I would go up around by the airport and different things and when I was first training, it was hard, and a lot of times I'm like, I'm just going to fall over in the sagebrush and die or call my husband, and he's going to have to come get me because there's no way I'm making it back home right now. I can't even breathe. But as I got better and I trained more, my endurance became better, and I was able to look around at what was happening around me, see the beautiful trees and different things, um, and not fall over and die in the sagebrush. Well, one day as I'm running, a snake comes across my path. And because I had that endurance and the better training, I was able to see it and respond quicker and get out of its way. And so for me, that's a picture of 
sin, we're going to have those snakes that come into our pathway. And if we're not trained up well and we don't have that endurance and we're worried too much about dying and all the things that are impeding our race, we're not going to be able to move out of the way of those snakes. So the first thing is spending time in the word. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I love this verse so much. We have a manual for life that God has given us. It's so exciting. It tells us everything we need to know. How do we deal with the pain that we have? How do we deal with being fatigued and weary and tired? It's all here. We have access to it. He loves us so much. He's like, I have this for you. My word to help you daily. It's such a gift. The second thing that helps us with our endurance and training is spend time in prayer. The purpose of prayer is to align our will with God's. And surely that's the most important thing that God's will be done. Prayer opens the door for God to do a glorious work in your life and in those around you. A dynamic prayer life softens hearts, moves mountains, and brings you into deepened relationship with God. Jesus was a man of prayer, and he taught his disciples the model for prayer in Luke 11, 1 through 4. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Just make prayer part of your daily life. Yes, you can have times where you're sitting and doing your devotionals and you're praying to God. And you can, and you can do it throughout your, your day while you're in the car. If you're at a stoplight, just send up a quick, quick word to God. When I walk into my classroom, I say a quick prayer as I'm walking through the chairs. I think sometimes we think it has to be this formal thing where we're sitting down and we're devoting this time. And that is certainly important. But just make it part of your day where you're just talking to God. The third thing that helps our endurance is spending time in worship. Worship is how we meet with God and praise him for his goodness, love, mercy, grace, wisdom, beauty, truth, holiness, compassion, might, and every other aspect of his character. Through worship, we celebrate God's presence and power. We grow closest to him as he speaks to our hearts and makes his home in our lives. His will becomes our will, and we are transformed. Not only does worship change us, but it also makes God known to others and changes their lives too. Psalm 156 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. There are a lot, a lot more spiritual disciplines you could add to this list of training and endurance, but those are some of the ones that stuck out to me. Some of the big three in my life that I want to incorporate and make part of who I am, that I do daily. 
The second thing that helps our training practices is encouragement. Don't train alone. So one of the first half marathons I did years ago before I had my little one, Tula, I'd never done one before. I think the most I'd ever run was maybe two miles. And um, another friend talked me into this. I really need to make new friends. Um, (laughs) Talked me into this, and she's like, well, let's go out and run 10 miles. I've got this great spot. She lives out in the country. We'll run around some of the fields and, and some stuff. And so... Um, I had never run 10 miles at that point. I had no idea what I was doing because I hadn't researched anything about training. And so um, one of the things, this is the science teacher part of me kicking in. One of the things that happens when your body is repeatedly um, running and pounding on the ground is that your stomach gets jostled around a bit, as you can imagine. And that takes time for people to adapt to. Well, I hadn't been training well, and I didn't know that was a thing. And so I get to about eight miles or so, and nature didn't call it roared. It roared, let me tell you. And I learned also that there are three types of sweat. There's the kind that you get when you're hot. There's the kind that you get when you're nervous. And there's the kind you get when you're about to lose your dignity and you're running shorts. Okay? And so I was telling, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Like, right now, this is urgent. And so we see a cornfield, and we're out in the middle of nowhere, so I'm thinking, okay, a cornfield, well, you know, there could be things that are worse. And so I'm making my way over to this cornfield, and out of nowhere, a farmer in his overalls pops out of the cornfield. I'm like, really? Out of all the times to see the stereotypical farmer coming out of a cornfield, it's this one, way out in the middle of nowhere. So I couldn't go there, and so my friend who was a well-trained runner and athlete, said, I will run the rest of the way home. And she ran as fast as she could. And she got home and got back in time to save me from losing my dignity. My point in telling you this embarrassing story (laughs) is that it's important to train with people. We need other believers who are more experienced than us, who are more mature, that help us and help us grow. And we also need to be the believer that helps others grow. We need to surround ourselves with people in this journey. Don't train alone. Fellowship. Fellowship. The word fellowship is from the interesting Greek word koinonia, which can't really be translated into the English language. We don't have an English word that's the exact equivalent for it. Um, but it's deeper than what we experience in a normal friendship. It's sometimes translated as communion and sometimes translated as one. It's a oneness. The body of Christ is being part of each other and sharing his love together. So not only do we have this oneness with God, but he created the body to be a oneness together. And again, that goes back to our giftings. We don't all have the same gifts. Each one of us is created unique, and we have a purpose that brings us together in this oneness so that we function well for the glory of the church, for the glory of God. In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We need to be here together, folks. And we need to surround ourselves with other people that love Jesus so we can make it through our race. And bring your family into it. I have my daughter run with me. I want to model for her a life of healthy living, but also spiritual living. So bring your children and your family into this, into this relationship and fellowship with you. Model what it looks like for them. The third thing we need is equipment. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it talks about the full armor of God. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, but maybe it'll be up there. Um, the full armor of God, we, we need it. God has given us all these tools to be equipped to fight off evil and sin in our lives. One of the things I was reading um, about this that I thought was really interesting in this lady that does commentary, she was talking about how all of the equipment really covers the front of our bodies. Um, because back in ancient times, they would stand back to back together and battle that way or do archery or different things. So the front was the main part, but they were back to back with another soldier. And so I think that's so important. We have this equipment, but it ties in with the fellowship piece too. God gives us all of these things to help us battle sin, but we also need each other to help battle as well. And then we also have spiritual gifts for our equipment. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We need these things. You know, with running, there are so many different types of equipment. You could spend hours just looking at what kind of shoe makes you better. They have ones for shorter distances. They have ones for longer distances. They have ones with puffy um, bottoms on them. And there's all different kinds. You could go down a rabbit hole. But the point is there's different ones for different purposes, and they help you perform better. These really are necessary things that God has given us. We need this equipment to perform well and finish the race. So if you would just bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Jesus, I thank you so much that we have you as the ultimate coach for this race that we're on. Lord, I thank you that you have given us tools to accomplish this race, Lord. I thank you that we have your word that we can spend time with a God who loves us, that we have access to you daily, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts this morning. Lord, if, if, we, aren't, if we aren't doing our training, if we're just trying to meet with you once a week and hope that that's enough to make it, God, I pray that you would convict hearts this morning because we just, we can't do it. It has to be has to be more, more of you, Jesus. There are too many things that can impede our race. 
Lord. So I ask that you would convict our hearts and help us have a new passion for you and for your word, Lord. God, I pray that for each and every person in here that you would get, help give them a desire for your word, that they would crave it, that they would be thirsty for it, Lord, that they want to spend time with you. Lord, I pray that you would help us be a church and a people that seeks. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a church and a people that trains with others and lifts them up. Lord, I thank you so much for your love and your compassion and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, forgot to do an announcement. I just remembered. There is um, kids camp, fourth and fifth grade. Today's the last day to sign up. So if you want your kids to go to camp and you want to sign them up or learn more about it, talk to Sarah. Um, are there any other announcements that, I don't know, Blake's not here, so we're just kind of rolling with it, but all right, that is it. My message was short and sweet, so hopefully you guys have a great Sunday. Enjoy the day.